0: Let's get jiggy with it! Welcome back to the Analog Sticks Podcast, where this week we're diving back in time to the N64 era to cover one of the few gems on the console in Banjo-Kazooie. Let's go! Let's go! Back on into the Analog Sticks podcast. If you're a returning listener, thank you very much. We appreciate it and appreciate all the feedback we got on our last episode. You
1: guys really showed out, especially on the YouTube portion. So if that's you, shout outs to you. But yeah, if- that was so fun being able to go through the comments and you know see people talk about their own experiences with the game
0: it's really it was really nice i thoroughly enjoyed it i tried to reply to as many as i could if i didn't have anything to really say i didn't then i'm sorry but i at least tried to throw you the heart or a like or something like that but either way we appreciate you and if you're a new listener we also appreciate you just in a little different way because you haven't listened to the other ones yet so go back and do it after this but anyways welcome on in my name is Rossi. i'm your host joined by
1: cody your other host what's up how are you doing today I'm doing pretty good. Um, Man, what did I do today? I went and got some milkshakes. Dude, milkshakes are good. Oh, yeah. I didn't get one, though. Everyone else did. (laughs) That's so sad. I had a milkshake last night made from home uh, with your Homeland's ice cream, Tillamook brand. (laughs) Oh, Dude, that that reminds me. You were telling me earlier, uh, apparently we've got a listener in Oregon who went through and listened to all of our episodes. Uh, I'm from Oregon. That is my home state most beautiful place in the world. Um, so shout out to you, Mr. Oregon Man. We really appreciate you going back through the episodes.
0: Yeah, good job, Mr. Oregon Man. But I did enjoy some Tillamook ice cream. I had uh, cookie, chocolate chip cookie dough.
1: I gotta say, I said Oregon Man or woman. Either one. I think the analytics say our audience is 100% male. <laughs> um, the... Well, there we go. Either
0: way, whoever you are, we appreciate you. Welcome on in. Like I was saying, though, I was enjoying my Tillamook mm-hmm. ice cream. I've had a little bit of a throat thing. Like, I feel fine. It just hurts to swallow right now.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Right now, we've got some Bud Lights. It's a Saturday night, so we're letting loose a little bit, having some fun. Oh, and yeah. And this show is brought to you by Bud Light. Just kidding, but please sponsor us. Your beer is, like, the only one I drink.
1: <laughs> I on- I'll be honest, I don't like beer that much, but I love drinking with people. So, sorry, audience, I'm going to keep making faces when I drink this. Of course, you're not going to see that part, so... Don't, yeah. No worries. Not until we get a nice camera and can
0: do video podcasts. Hey. <laughs> but yeah, so I had my ice cream to try to soothe my throat. didn't work, so my throat just hurts, but I have an excuse to eat ice cream, so I'll take that, especially when I'm in the middle of a
1: diet. It's nice. Oh, yeah. But yeah, other than not getting a milkshake, what have you been up to this week? Uh, I fixed my 3D printer. Um, I think I mentioned it in one of the earlier episodes. I broke it. Well, it's all fixed now, and I've been... Going back to printing more things, it's been a lot of fun. And then I have classes in two weeks. Fun stuff. Help fund Cody's education. You can check out our Patreon. It's going to be linked in the description of the bio. (laughs) So
0: yeah, plug that. Without any further delays, I think we should go ahead and get into this one. Oh yeah. Banjo-Kazooie. Cody, what's your first thing that comes to mind when you think Banjo-Kazooie?
1: My older brother. Your older brother. Yep. Uh, my, so, when I was growing up, you know, I had the GameCube, my brother had the Nintendo 64, that was his, um, and so, anytime I watched him play a game, for a long time, it was Banjo-Kazooie, so, anytime I play that game, I just think of when I was little, you know, watching him play it. Dude, that's awesome. I was, like i was the oldest child so i went from gamecube on as a matter of
0: fact i used to have every console from the gamecube on sitting on my desk but the wii's in the living room now because i have it homebrewed and i can play all sorts of stuff on it Mm -hmm. so i just have the gamecube the wii u and where's my switch it was on my desk earlier but it's portable so it's not here (laughs) but yeah so i never had any experiences with this and this week was actually my first time playing this game and before we get into the story i want to get a couple things off my chest here some just thoughts and impressions i came in with very low expectations mm-hmm. i'm one of those people i can appreciate ocarina of time majora's mask super mario 64 but i wouldn't say i enjoy those games i'd say they're fine experiences but nothing i'm like aching to go back to all the time like i would with most gamecube era games i don't know if that's nostalgia or just the fact that i think they are overall more well made because the hardware advanced so quickly but i had low expectations and when i came into this game i Aside from some of the typical N64 clunk, I really came to enjoy it, and I think this is a game I could see myself coming back to.
1: Even if it's not this one, I I would like to dabble in the sequels at some time. To me, it it is a capital-V video game. Uh, Something about it uh, as a game is just perfect to me. It it feels like a historic point in the history of video games. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It, it's a lot like um, Mario 64, but in some ways, I think they improved upon that formula.
0: Yeah, they improved upon a few things. There's a couple of things I didn't like. We'll get into the gripes as well. Overall, mm. I'd say I had a really good experience with it. But it it stands on its own aside from Mario 64. It's not like it's climbing on top of it and sitting on its shoulders. This is a very separate experience mm-hmm. that builds on a
1: lot of the concepts we saw, but definitely stands on its own, and I have come to enjoy it. I think for a lot of people, this would have been their first non um main nintendo game
0: maybe even their non first non 2d game i mean if you had an n64 odds are you had another 3d game but you had mario 64 then yeah and ocarina of time had been out i mean other than that what were you playing superman 64 and based on some of the flight sections we'll get to in a little bit i could not imagine that's a fun time
1: (laughs) oh there's a shocking amount of just random games tied to like movies or tv shows or even just their own little titles that maybe didn't sell much but uh, there's plenty of shovelware to be found with these older games. Yeah,
0: I mean this game, while its game total, this console, while its game total is small in quantity, there is still a lot of garbage on it. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, there's stuff like GoldenEye that stands out. That's like the first real good license, and eh, there were probably a couple on the. And that was before. also rareware. It Some was guys you're right. Made yeah, I think we want to cover Conquer's Bad Fur Day soon. That's another rareware game. And now that I've mm-hmm. played a rareware game, I'm more excited for it. Rareware. That's Rare, fun to say. Rareware rare (laughs) where great content (laughs) grand old time without any more delays though let's go ahead and get into this burn and with the throat thing cut me some slack there might be a couple gaps where i stop to swallow and enjoy the pain for a moment But let's go ahead and get into this one. Nothing better than a witch's brew first thing in the morning, but Grunty stirring up some trouble as well as her potion. Her skin isn't the only thing that's green though as her envy lands her in the role opposite Liam Neeson in Taken 4. Meanwhile, our sister seems ready to enjoy a day chilling with the fam, but Banjo seems a little out of tune as he can't get out of bed. After our sister fights for her right to party, she gets snatched by the old hag, and now much like a grade school band, the Banjo and Kazooie are ready to make some noise. After trekking up the screwy mountain, we must work through the witch's lair. After a party house in a hut, plundering local shores, saying Domo arigato, Sharky Roboto, checking in with Gator McCluskey, trudging beyond the north wall, going out on a Rich O'Connell-esque expedition, playing with the Poltergust 3000, helping out Captain Phillips, and chilling like a bee in a tree, we take out the evil hag, play a board game, and save our sister. Aw, uh, yeah. I'm blaming all the flaws and things I had to edit out on the throat. Otherwise, I think that was a great burn.
1: I hope the final product is just cut cut everywhere. Oh, it's going to sound so spliced. I hope it doesn't. But anyways,
0: I hope you guys enjoyed my burn. That's essentially the story. I took some creative liberties. <laughs> but that's essentially bit. the story. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's a fun one. Um yeah, would you like is. to take us from the start here?
1: Yeah, I can start us out. Uh, so here's our run a little more detailed run through of the story. Uh, you start out uh, with a scene on Gruntilda the witch that's going to be your adversary for the rest of the game. I'd imagine we're just going to call her Grunty for short. Sure. The game grunty. does that most of the time, mm-hmm. and it's a lot easier to say. Um, she's doing that magic mirror thing with her cauldron. She's like, who's the prettiest one of them all? She's not like, who's the prettiest girl of them all? She's like, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we'll get into the dialogue a little later. <laughs> um, and the pot tells her that it is not her. It's, in fact, Tootie.
0: And Tootie, who happens to be our sister, is just running up towards Spiral Mountain to our house because she wants to go on an adventure, an, an, an adventure with her brother. That's right. You know what? She did end up going on an adventure, just not with her brother. As a matter of fact, she eventually says she's had enough adventuring for one day, but we'll get to that towards the end. Because mm-hmm. back on Spiral Mountain, she's waiting for you to wake up so you can go on said adventure. But then, you know, your typical video game trope, Banjo just doesn't want to wake up.
1: Because Dewey's yep. there like, hey, it's time to wake up. And Banjo's just like snoring his day away if I, if my hero in a video game is not trying to sleep in i just can't relate you know i mean that's why every Zelda game is so good <laughs> <laughs> yeah but then uh the old hag comes and tries to take
0: away your sister they don't show you the scene in which this happens they just show grunty leaving the lair mm-hmm. and then it cuts to banjo's room and there's the typical like comic book-esque animation bang clash thud And you can hear a bunch of stuff where it sounds like Tootie's putting up a damn good fight to try to not get captured, but eventually she does get snagged, Mm -hmm. and you head outside to meet Bottles the Mole. Who was witness to this event. He just stood there and watched, didn't do anything about it, (laughs) probably because he can't see very well, but you know, fun stuff. Bottles the Mole, he acts as a tutorial. Mm -hmm. One thing I was really surprised by, especially because this is an N64 game, you can essentially skip the tutorial. I did not because I hadn't played it before. But you can skip the tutorial. That's cool. I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, you can tell them, no, I don't need your help, and then just go straight to the layer. So that's cool. Um, but then you do go through there. You can learn all the moves. We'll get into the move set here in a second. And then you go into Grunty's layer, And kind of like Mario 64 or any of these other big sandbox games, there's a whole bunch of sandboxes you find in the hub world.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And the way you do this is by placing the pieces, the puzzle pieces, <laughs> the jiggies, that act the same way stars would. And it's a very different mechanic. It behaves differently. We'll cover that in a little bit here. But you go in each of the worlds, collect the jiggies, and leave to eventually go save your sister. At the top of the tower, there is a big board game that Grunty thinks she's going <laughs> to use to kill you. Yes. You succeed, and you can rescue you. Well, you get to choose from three prizes. It's like a Grunty plushie. I think the other one's like a toilet or something. And then your sister. And Kazooie's like, I don't know, that doll looks kind of nice. But you end up saving your sister. And then you head up to the very top of the tower, and you face off against Gruntilda, and you end up saving your sister. That's really yeah. all there is to this story. It's pretty simple, but good enough to get by.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's um, the story doesn't need to be anything crazy. It's all about the gameplay for this.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, there's also an ending cutscene I would like to cover before we get too far into this. After oh, yeah? you've beaten the game, you knock Kazooie, no, not Kazooie... not not Kazooie. is still with you. Is this
1: the the end end cutscene? The, yeah,
0: there are a couple end cutscenes. There's the one with Tootie, where they go through all the characters and stuff. But this is after Grunty falls off the mountain. She gets knocked off. We'll get into mm-hmm. the fight in more details on how that happens. Rock falls on top of her. And then it cuts to Banjo and Kazooie, Tootie, and bottles the Mole sitting on a beach enjoying some fruits. Oh, and yeah. there is a human in a bikini human woman in a bikini walking around like serving them and which is an amazing award for any preteen boy playing this game. i was it kind of took me back a little bit i'm like why is there just this is the only like normal ish <laughs> yeah. human she yeah. has super long legs i guess she's supposed to be like a pinup or something and she's <laughs> serving watermelons very uh near the, her breast yeah very suggestively. <laughs> captain blubber goes by it's a nice thing mumbo falls out of the tree and he shows you all the stuff you missed and then it's like Mm -hmm. then it shows uh one of grunty's minions trying to free her from the rock and it says oh the end yeah that's your story plain and simple nothing crazy there it's a fine enough story but it's pretty simple even more simple than metroid i say just because there's not as much lore behind it i could be wrong but as far as i can tell there's not that much lore it's
1: just no, but he, Banjo he, Kazooie lore, yeah.
0: She was jealous that your sister's prettier than her, kidnapped mm-hmm. her, you saved her. GG's.
1: I, I I always forget that this happens, but the first time I saved, you know, it does that cutscene where the witch actually uh swaps beauty with Tootie. I I don't Did think you ever, I ever saw that.
0: that. I, pl- I was playing on NSO, the expansion passed, mm-hmm. and I was just using save states. I don't think oh, I really? Ever you know, saw that?
1: So when you physically save the game. It really ups the stakes in a way that a lot of video games, I don't think, ever have. (laughs) In that it it shows the witch actually swapping her beauty with Tootie, and she comes out as this beautiful witch, and then Tootie is this gross gorilla monkey thing. Oh no. And then she's like, you better... I don't remember what the message was. It's something about, you better do this quick. Why are you hopping <laughs> off now? You
0: know. <laughs> yeah, No, they show them getting in the chambers when you first go into Grunty's lair, but they don't show it actually happening. And then at the end, mm-hmm. when I saw her in the furnace, I'm kind of like, but
1: were they in the chambers switching beauty or whatever? But I don't know. I wonder, I wonder if you get anything different when you beat the game without ever saving it. I, I didn't see anything
0: like that ever. I'm going to Google this cutscene because I'm going to watch it real quick. Sure. Um, but in the meantime, we're going to go ahead and dive into the moveset and the gameplay. The moveset is surprisingly robust for compared to what I was expecting. I don't know what I was expecting, but I wasn't expecting this. Um. So Bottles yeah. the Mole teaches you all these moves you can find throughout. Cody's going to go ahead and lead us into
1: that. Yeah, there are so many different moves that you can do in the game. Uh, it's a lot like Metroid, where you just keep building up all these moves and skills. Until about halfway through, and then it just kind of stops. Yeah. But, yeah. but the game does a great job, especially as a game accessible to young kids, where the moves are slowly built out and clearly explained. So, you know, if you had all these movesets right from the get-go, it would be overwhelming. Um, but getting them one move at a time through a few different levels really makes it easier to pick up on.
0: Yeah, I can't find the scene, so we're just going to move on. But yeah, no, it's it's really nice to have all these moves at your disposal, and it controls really well, although I do feel that there were a few that I just, like, never used. I don't know. But, I mean, I'll just kind of go on and list it. Obviously, the movement's pretty simple. It's N64, so you have your camera control buttons Which, I mean, Mm -hmm. if you're playing on a newer console, you'll just get the sticks, but it clicks a set amount in either direction when you click the button. And you have, like, one up and one down you can do to make it
1: farther out or closer up. I was uh, having—I would always set it to the farthest out function.
0: Oh, always. It's like Mario Cam in Mario 64. Nobody ever actually uses it unless you're trying to look for something
1: higher up. I had a way easier time with this camera than I did with Billy Hatcher. (laughs) The Billy
0: Hatcher camera, they did it right
1: just bad yes so it doesn't work it was it was too close to being good and that's what made it so bad
0: yeah it's unfortunate but yeah you have your camera controls you obviously have a jump um you don't get the run until a little later i'll touch on that mm-hmm. but you just you can run around and jump and that's basically it to start but then as you start to talk to bottles the mole on spiral mountain before heading to the mountain if you did not skip the tutorial there's a few different moves you can pick up uh, when mm-hmm. you press B while standing still or moving slowly, you do the claw, claw swipe, which is where Banjo walks forward sw- flailing his arms. Um, it works pretty well. That's like your melee attack there. You can do a m- You press B while moving to f- forward roll, and that was like my most used move until I realized how bad it was. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you press B midair, you do the rat-a-tat, uh, and that's when Kazooie just pecks forward three times. That one deals a good bit of damage. That was...
1: That was my main move.
0: It switched that way for me halfway through. Um, When you press A midair, you get the feathery flap, which kind of serves as like a weak double jump. It gets you more distance, but no more height. Um,
1: It works. I spent a lot of time just trying to get to places I couldn't with the (laughs) the double jump.
0: Yeah. I mean, with save states, you can kind of abuse that, which was nice on NSL.
1: That's the weird thing. For some reason... When I was playing this, even though I had access to the save states, I never used it. it. For some reason, it's like, because it's 3D, you know, I just forget that I can do that. I
0: used it a few times, mostly just when i start a level or, like, start a challenge just so I didn't have to go through the text again if I
1: failed. Yeah.
0: Or if I was about to do something, I'm like, I don't know if this is intended, but I'm going to try it and see what happens.
1: That's one thing. Um, in terms of how long it takes to get through the game, and I think this happens a lot with these earlier games... It's just kind of a slog to get through all the dialogue and all the getting through the hub world to get to the world you want to play mm-hmm. and then actually starting. It can be five or six minutes you know, from boot up to getting into the zone.
0: And we're going to get into the dialogue and world design in more detail here in a little bit. We're going to get through the moveset. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I agree entirely with what you're saying. I think Mario 64 has a much better, more tight hub world that it's less like trying to find the levels and more just playing them which I think I like more. I could see the value in this form, but I'm mm-hmm. not a fan. Um, back to the move set, though, you have Z to crouch and a few moves that feed off of that. While crouched, mm-hmm. if you press A, you do the flap flip, which is like an SM64 backflip. It's a good backflip. It, <laughs> it is. You can move in any direction. Mm-hmm. You can do a forwards backflip. It's pretty cool. And it works really well. It gets you a little bit more height than your normal jump and even the, the double jump does. And then if you press B while you're crouched, you do the beak barge. I love how they're all named creatively. I haven't said that yet, but every move is creatively named and it's pretty cool. But when you do the beak barge, you lunge forward with Kazooie and you like break stuff. The tutorial, they let you break big rocks and it feels really empowering. I love that. Uh, you can climb trees, but just by jumping onto them and holding up or down. It's really mm-hmm. nifty in a couple of places. Uh, you can swim. I wasn't a big fan of the swimming at first eventually i did get the hang of it a little bit more when i found out that you can hold a or b to do swimming
1: it took me a while too once i realized though that just turning has its own kind of momentum mm-hmm. so like you can turn to hit something but once you go forward you might have turned too much yes uh once i picked up on that though then you know you just move around however you
0: want my first reaction it reminded me a little bit of like swimming with skyward sword and trying to use the wiimote i don't know if you're familiar (laughs) with that game but that the swimming in that game is just not fun i skipped that one (laughs) yeah i can't say i blame you we'll go back and cover it eventually (laughs) we're gonna wait and save most of the zelda games for when we have a little bit of a bigger audience because they're really good for the algorithms but (laughs) and it's we could gush over any Zelda game for a couple hours. Oh, I, w- so. I haven't even told you this. I have an idea. We're just going to do a three-hour Wind Waker special one day and definitely goon over the game for three hours.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's, um, unfortunately for you guys, we're at just the right age where Wind Waker is peak nostalgia. So oh, we, yeah. We can talk about that all peak day. Peak
0: nostalgia, and I also just think it's a damn good design I see its flaws. <laughs> I refuse to acknowledge them.
1: <laughs> I love
0: that game. <laughs> um... In this moveset, though, we keep digressing, but I think it's Uh okay. Um, I was talking about the swimming. You can hold A while you're swimming to kind of, like, kick as banjo. But then if you hold B, that's how you breach underwater as well. Mm -hmm. And you can kind of do that underwater, and Kazooie flaps, and you, like, go faster, basically. When I found that out, I'm like, oh, that's really useful. I wish they told you that up front, but they don't. They just tell you A.
1: They tell you B to go under, and then A to swim after that. I wonder if that's another situation where having a manual with you would help.
0: Yeah. I don't know. We'll see. And they should really put the manuals in NSO. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, Now we're going to start getting into some of the moves you learn throughout, because that's all Bottles tells you on Spiral Mountain. Uh, The first thing I learned after this was the Talon Trot, which is so nice. I just wish the sound effect was better, but we're going to get to sound effects later. (laughs) I was playing this in bed while my fiancé was trying to sleep. of course i had the sound on because i'm trying to like listen to the music and stuff and she's like oh my god that sounds like you're pulling the straw in and out of a mcdonald's cup
1: like oh your poor fiance
0: she was not happy with me i turned off the sound and i missed some of the sound in freeze easy beak but that's okay anyways you press c left while you're crouched and you hop on kazooie's back which looks kind of doofy but it makes you run faster That's basically the main way you move around for most of this, I would say. That was what I found, at least. Um, If you press Z midair, you do the beak buster, which is just a ground pound. It's heavily utilized, and I like it. Uh, Then there's the eggs. When you press C up while crouched, you shoot an egg forward. When you press C down while crouched, you toss an egg backwards, and it makes a little farting noise, and it's weird.
1: (laughs) They even comment about that in the game, when Bottles is telling you how to shoot the eggs. He's like, and if you go the other direction, it'll come out the other end. And uh, Kazooie's <laughs> like, wait a second.
0: Because <laughs> <laughs> it's Kazooie spinning the eggs who are essentially laying them. Mm-hmm. But the, when you do it backwards, they like bounce around a little bit.
1: Laying them with quite some force. Oh yeah, really th- enough to where they're bouncing around <laughs> repeatedly at the same height. <laughs> I also love that these are eggs I presume he's eaten. You know, yeah, he can you picked them eat. up in the in the levels.
0: <laughs> it's It's a fun concept. Um, they're happily utilized throughout the game in many places you use them to feed things to fill mm-hmm. up things to put in things use you basically use them in the a boss too you do use them a lot in the final boss you can use them in combat but it's like <sighs> not rewarding it's the same concept as using tight circles and Billy after or tossing your egg forward mm-hmm. so <laughs> that's what happened yeah I mean you can but you know and then there's also the shock spring platforms, which are little green circles on the ground. If you press A, you do a high jump that's even higher than your backflip, um, but you can only do it in set locations. And I kind of it kind of feels shoehorned in, like they could just put a ladder anywhere they put this, but mm-hmm. it's neat. It it's is a, a little janky to use at times as well.
1: It's a video game thing.
0: Yeah, know. I mean, the way it works also is you do like a little hop beforehand and you can go ahead and start moving in the direction you want to go before you do the big jump and I mean, it works. It feels good to control, but at the same time, it—I like I was saying, it kind of feels shoehorned in. And then naturally there's flying, and much like the swimming, I wasn't a huge fan of this. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts on the flight? It, shrug.
1: Yeah, big shrug for those who couldn't see it. I flew. It, it wasn't, I didn't feel like I was flying.
0: Yeah. My biggest gripe with this is the way the camera works. It's always mm. stuck directly behind you. I wish I could turn the camera and then turn banjo, but the C buttons do nothing while you're flying. And it just kind of feels
1: (laughs) clunky. Because on the N64, using the C stick um, didn't quite work. Yeah, well, I mean, they had had the buttons, but, you know.
0: Ah, not a fan. Anyways, that happens. Um, You use the red feathers you find, much like the eggs throughout the levels, to increase height. And later there's another move, the beak bomb, where you press B while flying to, like, dart towards something out of the air and, like, Mm -hmm. dive bomb it or whatever. And that works well, I I will say. You just line up your shot and press A. If they're in the center of the screen, you hit B, you go to the center of the screen because your camera's always right behind you. Um, I wasn't a big fan of the flying sections, especially because you can't do, like, tight circles or anything. It's always these big, loopy circles. And there's some where it's like, you have to fly through this thing three times in this X amount of time, and it's just like, that's not fun. Like, I don't enjoy this. But
1: the flying is there. Uh, well, because flying is this is a you know this is a collectathon platforming game. Flying isn't really platforming.
0: Yeah, and like there's some stuff where it's like clearly you're supposed to just use the flying pad. You can only fly from set locations as well. I don't think I mentioned that. Mm-hmm. You're clearly supposed to use it just to just go do one thing. But what I found myself doing often was I would fly up to the highest point in the level and just get whatever was up there. And a lot of times they would have, like, a jiggy at the top of the level, so you could just go get that one. And that kind of felt a little lame at times. But all in all, I'd say the flying was unnecessary, but I'm not, like, super out on it. I just think it could have been better executed and more well implemented, like a Spyro game, for instance.
1: You know what game did implement it better? And I, I'm amazed I haven't brought it up yet. Ukulele. The... I, I I
0: do want to play that as well.
1: You gotta play that we Shout we
0: have mentioned ukulele once already mm-hmm. we're going to get to it probably in a couple months
1: it, it, i'll say it at the end too if you're interested in banjo kazooie and you've never played it i would highly suggest ukulele because it's it's almost the same game with a different skin the same made thing, by the different. same team but it's modern and it has good camera controls i love good camera controls love some good camera mm-hmm. controls um <laughs> finishing up the move sets though there's only a couple
0: more um, When you press Z up while crouching, you use the Wonder Wing, which plays some really cool music I enjoy. It's banjo music, of course. And ben- Kazooie basically folds his wings over you and consumes the yellow feathers, and you're invincible for X amount of time. It works. Uh, and then you get the waiting boots, as well as the Turbo Talon Trot, which are just boots you find in the stages that you pick up. And the waiting boots let you walk through hazardous fluids i guess like quicksand Mm -hmm. or cold water or poison swamp water and the turbo boots are basically running shoes that let you zoom um but it's a set amount of time and each drop of the boots has a different set amount of time like there's one challenge where you have the turbo talent trot for like a full minute but there's some other stuff where it's like you basically have just enough to get across this little stream and as soon as you get to the other end it they're off so, I mean, that works, but also the same thing. It kind of feels a little shoehorned. I wish there was just, like, an item for it, but there aren't items in this game, obviously, where you can just equip it. It works. And I already covered the beak bomb, so that's really it for the move set. Do you have any other thoughts on the overall just gameplay or how the game feels? The game feels
1: great overall. I, um, yeah, you can go ahead. What's great to me is the fact that I never... Even with Metroid, it took me a bit to get used to it, you know? But with mm-hmm. Banter Kazooie... You start getting into it, and you're already running around using all the moves, getting where you want to go without too much frustration. I will say, yeah, it
0: it feels like it controls really well. I have my gripes with the swimming and the flying, but all in all, the movement feels satisfying. Not quite that Mario level where it's fun to just get in and run and jump around Mm -hmm. and do your dives and all that. But it feels good to move around in the same way that Metroid did, but without that having to get used to the controls it's a 3d platformer and everything controls exactly the way you would hope it does and Mm -hmm. i love it less the swimming and the flying of course i have my gripes with those but
1: it was a little awkward too with the the way it was like one boost and then wait another boost and then you Mm -hmm. turn wherever with the swimming that's a little awkward to me
0: yeah i mean i could complain about that but i i I don't want to seem like i'm coming off too negative with this game as i really did enjoy it it's just those two things kind of drove me a little nutty but it does feel good to move around. I mean, Banjo controls really well, Kazooie controls really well, and the level design really plays to it. Mm -hmm. I mean, we're going to get into the worlds here in just another second, but I mean, just running around feels good. It doesn't feel awkward at all. Oh, yeah.
1: Yeah, the... The overall controls in the story of the game are just very, very small parts of what makes it so great. Mm -hmm. Even the camera feels
0: okay. I mean, it's Mm -hmm. still N64, very, very early camera. But for the time, I think it works wonderfully. It does the—like, once you get used to it, that's the only thing that really takes some Mm -hmm. time to get used to. It does, like, the set clicks— and you kind of can anticipate where the camera
1: is going to be when you click the stick in either direction or press the C buttons. This game does a great job at knowing when to give camera controls to the player and when to fix the camera you know, where the game wants it to be. Except for a couple times where it doesn't. There are sometimes I can think
0: of one in Freeze Easy Peak, where you're walking on a ledge and halfway through the camera flips 180. Like, with no notice, and just all of a sudden you're walking the other way. It does that a couple other times throughout, and, I mean, it wasn't ever too obnoxious. It was just kind of like, oh, that's something I'm going to point out, because I knew I was taking notes. Mm-hmm. Um, but other than that, everything works really well, and the levels, like I was saying, are designed to feed into it. Uh, the yeah. first one we have is Spiral Mountain. So there was tutorial. It's kind of like, I wouldn't even say this is the Green Hill Zone. This is just straight up a tutorial. Mm-hmm. It's well yeah. designed. You have any comments on the looks or graphics of the area?
1: It's iconic. When I think of Banjo-Kazooie, I'm really just thinking of Spiral Mountain. And it's funny, because you don't even spend that much time there. Like, at all. Uh, Now you
0: don't, but when you're like five or six, you do. (laughs) Oh, well yeah, I guess you're right. I mean, isn't Spiral Mountain the Smash stage they put in when they added Banjo-Kazooie?
1: Oh, is it? I I I haven't played Smash
0: in a long time. Let's confirm this. We might be playing Smash tonight after this. That's going to be fun. Uh, Banjo-Kazooie Smash Stage. Spiral oh, yeah. Mountain. It is indeed yeah. Spiral Mountain. It plays okay in Smash, but in this game, it works really well. And like we were just talking about with the camera, when you're going up the incline screw platform, the camera is fixed and it follows you around, and it works really well. There are a couple other places where it doesn't, but yeah, this is. It's just a really fun first area to move around and get get used to the controls. Um, Bottles teaches you the moves, but again, you can skip the whole tutorial if you want and just go straight to the layer, which I really enjoyed. Because I started playing on an emulator and then decided, "Ah, I got NSO, let's go ahead and do it like that. Mm -hmm. And then that time I skipped it and it was like three minutes and you're in Grunty's lair. There are a lot of honeycomb pieces. I think you can get a full extra piece of health. I didn't even touch on the honeycomb pieces yet, but if you find these honeycomb pieces hidden throughout the worlds, you get extra honeycombs, which act as your health. I think you start out with like four... And you can get up to like
1: eight or something like that. Do you have a, a written out list of all the different types of collectibles? No, I don't. But we can
0: go ahead and get in those before we get any further into
1: the yeah, world. Yeah, should we talk about those? That's I mean that's the biggest thing about this game. It's a collectathon. It is indeed a collectathon. And not not just a collectathon. This is the collectathon. I was about to say the same thing. You took the words <laughs> out of my mouth. <laughs> but there
0: are a few different things you collect. Each of these worlds we're about to go through. There are ten jiggies. Is that correct? Uh, per world? Yes, yeah, I believe so. Yeah. So there's 10 Jiggies, which are the SM64 stars. And then are there 10 Jiggies in the hub world? In Grunty's layer, yes. Yeah. But you have to activate those through the witch switches, which are also hidden in every world. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they unlock the Jiggies in Grunty's layer. There are the Mumbo tokens. And I think that there are varying amounts in each one. But you find these Mumbo tokens that are just like silver skulls. And they allow you to do Mumbo transformations. Whoa, we'll touch whoa. on each one yeah, <laughs> go ahead and do that again. Bokum Bokum. <laughs> I think so. I don't know. I i am uh, not. My throat hurts too ikum, much. Ikum Bokum. Yeah, <laughs> that, that's Mumbo for you. My throat hurts too much to try an impression right now. But yeah, you do those, and those unlock your transformations that Mumbo can perform. He's like a witch doctor shaman yeah. thing. Um, then there are the music notes. You need, I think, like... 100 per stage? There are 100 in each stage. I know you don't need all of them. You don't need 900 or whatever it is. I think you only need like 780 or What's, something like that. Let's be real. This is Banjo-Kazooie. You need every item. Oh, yeah. No, I got all the music notes in every stage I played. And they weren't too hard to come by either, I would say. Mm-hmm. Like, there were a couple times where I'm like, where haven't I been? Where could I have left notes? But it was usually like one or two. I, just...
1: I definitely had moments where I'd be at the end of a stage. And then, I yeah, I would only have... You know three or four left mm-hmm. and so i'm running around thinking oh okay there's got to be one little secret or cove i've missed
0: and there are these sandboxes that are so well designed that you really get a feel for the area and you can remember where you've been and where you haven't because the areas stand out they're very well designed I'm, I'm like blown away with
1: these levels although there's a couple spots where i had a hard time finding notes i even had to, <laughs> to look up where one was <laughs> just because of the geometry of the world and the camera Sometimes they're in spots that are really easy to run by, and then never realize that you've run by. For it.
0: instance, there are a couple of mazes they just hid the notes in, and that drove mm-hmm. me kind of nuts. Well, like... there
1: is uh, all the hillsides on Mumbo's Mountain, the first mm-hmm. level. There's a couple that are kind of in these little coves, and I just <laughs> <laughs> that, maybe, yeah. maybe maybe it's revealing um, something bad about how I couldn't find it, but I just could not
0: find <laughs> it. I didn't have any issues, but what I did notice was the render distance on them isn't all that great at times, <laughs> mm-hmm. so if you have a big overview, you're not going to see them until you get close, mm-hmm. which was kind of a drawback, but that's just N64 limitations. Obviously, we both played the N64 version. We didn't play the Xbox, right? Right. Yeah. yeah. So we had to deal with that a little bit, but I mean, I'm not going to fault the game for literal just hardware restrictions.
1: Yeah, I refused to play Microsoft bastard child the banjo kazooie
0: it's just a money whore <laughs> mm-hmm. um as far as other collectibles go you can only hold a hundred eggs at a time we touched on the egg mechanics mm-hmm. um 50 of the red feathers to fly and increase your height or do the beak bomb and then 10 of the gold feathers but they're layer they're littered all throughout the worlds yep am i missing anything there's a the honeycomb pieces i touched on those i think there's two hidden in each world outside of uh Spiral what are Mountain. the names
1: of the little creatures Jingos. Jingos, jingos jingos i think they're jingos yeah you... Jingos. i think DJs. yeah Jingos. you're right mm-hmm. yeah you find those guys they're they make fun yeah they're
0: a little important we'll get to that towards the end of the episode mm-hmm. if you guys are willing to stick around which speaking of if you're still watching at this point and you're not subscribed or followed or rated or reviewed or
1: liked do that oh please do right now with how small this channel is and how we're just starting out subscribing to us um, is more impactful than any other subscription you could make. And that's not me trying to get you to just subscribe. That's just a fact.
0: It, it it really would be appreciated. We're getting plenty of watch hours, and we appreciate
1: you guys watching all the way through, but just hit the button. It's, un- <laughs> seeing, it, it's so weird seeing that people are actually watching. It's like, oh, shoot, can we make this, you know, like a little community? How I'm excited to get you guys more involved and to make this you know a real thing
0: yeah and if you haven't already check out the twitter i'm working on it mm-hmm. uh just basically replying to like i'm retweeting nintendo stuff and other gaming news as it comes out and i'll interact and whatnot fun mm-hmm. stuff and i mean cody's twitter exists but i don't think he ever checks it
1: <laughs> no. join our twitter no politics on that page yeah unless you <laughs> unless
0: you want to learn about the politics of nintendo and reggie amazing new book <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> Yeah. um anyways but anyways yeah. thanks for subscribing now that you've clearly done it um <laughs> we're gonna go ahead and jump, jump into these worlds now that we've covered all those the jingos like we were saying i'll round off that before we move forward i think there's six five or six in every world they each have a different color mm-hmm. and uh when you find them they give you a jiggy <laughs> you find all of them you get a jiggy so that's that's yeah. nice and they're never too difficult to find they whistle at you if you're in their proximity. So it's never like, if you're near them, you're going to be like, oh, there's one right here. And you've got to be kind of close. And they're in areas you're meant to go to as well. So,
1: And then there are some collectibles that are like world specific, but I don't think that's worth listing out. Yeah, I, I can't
0: think of any off the top. I know that there are some I can, I can it's picture. It's a treasure. There. Yeah. For the, uh, for treasure Trove. Yeah, or some certain stuff you need to get for certain jiggies throughout the game. But now we can go ahead and get into the actual worlds. First things first, we want to touch on the hub world, Gruntilda's Lair. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it's okay as a hub world. I wish that they wouldn't have tried to make it as much of a true level as they did and just left it as a hub world. Yeah. I can see the value of what they were trying to do, but I would rather just have a big final level of Gruntilda's Lair with callbacks to other things you've done before. Rather than a hub world with a bunch of enemies that more and more appear throughout the game. Mm Mm-hmm. And it's, like, difficult to find where the levels are at times. Not too difficult. Like, I was never stuck trying to find a level. But it is it, a little labyrinthian at times until you get the hang of it. And... Yeah,
1: that's another... Uh, that's one gripe I also had with this game and ban- um ukulele. And I assume it's just for all the Banjo-Kazooie-type games. Mm-hmm. Um, I... I think it's fun having in a hub world that's kind of like this overworld that's its own level. But there's times where you're just trying to get to a level and there might be like a platform you have to wait for. Ugh. Or you have to try to go somewhere and if you fail you have to go way back. Moments like that just aren't fun. Um, you're just backtracking trying to yes. get somewhere. Yeah, I didn't like the having to go back down to place
0: jiggy pieces because that's how you unlock each of the levels you take your jiggy pieces Mm -hmm. and place them in the picture and then in a completely different location it opens a door to get into a level um it works i just wish they could have made it its own level Mm. i think that would have been really good but they didn't they made it a hub world and i would have just liked a simple hub world i feel
1: like (laughs) hub worlds were (laughs) it's another thing that was just super big at the time it was a great way uh to have access to these different levels and have it be in a way where kids could understand it. I mm-hmm. know uh, it was super in at the time to have your your level selection be like a part of the game.
0: Yeah, and I mean I enjoy a good hub world like Delfino Square and Mario Sunshine is one of my favorite areas in all mm-hmm. of gaming just cuz it's fun to play around in and yeah. it's never like and there's like puzzles to get to the levels but it's never like I have to really think. It's like, oh, you, you got know, a new
1: ability. You can go use it on this thing we're showing you right now. You know what's the big difference between Grunt, Gruntilda's Gruntiddle? lair? Gruntilda's lair? She'll tittle your tittle. <laughs> <laughs> the, the big difference between Gruntilda's lair and a place like Delfino Plaza is with Gruntilda's lair, if you want to go to a different level, you're going to have to go through uh, these obstacles or all mm-hmm. through all these doors to get there with delfino plaza almost all the levels you can just walk to them i mean there's stuff to do but it's all on the side it's yeah, not you can in between get, you and the level and you
0: can get to any level from the start in like less than a minute which is mm-hmm. awesome and this sometimes it does take a little bit to find the levels and some of the platforming to get to these levels is genuinely a little bit challenging just due mm-hmm. to the restrictions of camera controls and whatnot also we're playing on nso we don't have a notched controller so me holding up i might slightly veer to the left
1: or right and fall off a thin ledge oh, i didn't even think about thing. that that does make it more difficult
0: yeah i wasn't about to spring for that spicy n64 switch controller <laughs> so i have no notches oh,
1: you know i wanted to bring up earlier and I, there wasn't a chance to bring it around those n64 controllers are wacky and when I grew up, i I had always thought that they were wacky because it was one of the first three d consoles, so they just didn't know how to do it. But now that i've now that we've seen more of Nintendo's history, it, I think it's just it was just a Nintendo console. You know, they always try to have some kind of wacky gimmick to it, except for the GameCube controller. they, that did, one
0: have is, some, hmm. they did have a little like the analog triggers were quote unquote, gimmicky at the time, not, hmm. not necessarily a gimmick, but they were different. And I love them so much. The noises are so satisfying. I honestly thought about grabbing my GameCube controller just to make notch noises and clicking. But <laughs> the GameCube but...
1: controller can can that be its own episode one day? Oh, we'll just cover a mini episode on a GameCube controller. <laughs> that is, I mean, that's just G-Cube gonna be a It's just gonna
0: be an hour of us making noises with the GameCube
1: controller. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, ASMR. <laughs>
0: if you want the gamecube controller asmr episode let us know in the comments of <laughs> an episode it doesn't even have to be this one <laughs> um, fun stuff but with the n64 controller i think what they were trying to do was kind of like ease people into the idea of needing an analog stick shout out the podcast
1: yeah. <laughs> um, i'm trying to remember i remember um you can find all kinds of little documentaries about nintendo employees talking about how they designed the controller And if I remember right, it's because they wanted to put the stick on its own handle because that was, like, a different mode. You know, you had... If you were holding the left and right, it felt a lot like an SNES. You had all your buttons. Yeah, you had your D-pad, your bumpers, A-B. And then you had to physically move your hand into a different position to have that second C-stick because, for them, that was, like, such a special Mm -hmm. new thing. It's
0: the stick and the Z-button. It was, like, a whole different play style. And that's Mm -hmm. why, I mean, you notice... Most people are like, oh, that's so stupid. You got to move your left hand back and forth. You don't. Most games pick one or the other. Yep. And I really, I, I've come to appreciate the N64 controller. Mm-hmm. But we're running close on time here. So let's try to burn through these worlds real quick. There's Mumbo's Mountain. This is your Bob on Battlefield, your Green Hills Zone. Great place. First level. Um, you meet Mumbo. He turns you into a termite and
1: you get to climb up some stuff. Let's go through each level and we'll both just give a little impression. about that? Yeah. And I, I would say the last couple levels, I did not yeah there's two
0: levels there's two levels I was just trying to get done so Mm -hmm. I'm not I'm not gonna have much to say about those but with Mumbo's Mountain I thought it was a great first level very simple Mm -hmm. but very enjoyable and this is the one I could see a little kid having a lot of fun running around in not too many enemies except for that one bull annoyed the crap out of me yeah that's that's about that I love Konga as well the guy that throws the oranges at you oh yes but yeah that's that's my impressions on Mumbo Mountain
1: about the same thing it's a great world I love it um it it was challenging for me to, <laughs> to get up the ant tower though even as the ant <laughs> i i spent way too long just trying to climb it before remembering that you have to turn into an ant to do that
0: <laughs> you're trying to use the talent trot
1: that's just yep. not working because it lets you go up the first uh first thing. yeah and then it tells you no and even
0: with the termite, you have to jump from like the higher part to the lower part of the mm-hmm. next platform it's it's a little funky Moving on from there, we had the Treasure Trove Cove, which is a pirate beach world. Yeah. Took inspiration well, Billy Hatcher took inspiration from this, I suppose. But it's the second world mm-hmm. and it's pirates on a beach. Um Pretty I think fun. this one's also well designed. Um it feels a little more sectioned off than Mumbo's Mountain, where you can get that good overview shot. Um but I still enjoyed it. I think it is well designed. The enemies are a lot more interesting here. What was um, the name of the boss? The boss? You mean the guy with the treasure? Or are you talking about the big crab? The big crowd. I think his name was Nibbler. No, that's Futurama. Nipper? Nipper, that's Nipper, it. yeah. yeah. <laughs> Speaking of, this show is brought to you by Matt Groening. Check out his shows. <laughs> He's been around for like 40 years now. Um, <laughs> but yeah, you meet Captain Blubber. He's an NPC. You yeah, find his gold in a sunken ship. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's just fun to run around in. They shoehorn the flying in. It's not really necessary. I didn't feel like there was much they got out of it in this one. But it's there nonetheless. Yep. spun the platform. Do <laughs> you have any thoughts on Treasure Trove Cove, real quick?
1: Um, Treasure Trove Cove had some fun vibes.
0: Treasure Trove,
1: Chobe. Trevor, Trevor, Jim, It's all right. It's all right.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Next, we have Clunker's Cavern, and this is a steampunk water level um (laughs) as
1: far as water levels go
0: not bad i that's that's what i was gonna say i i saw it was a water level i'm like oh this is gonna be miserable but it 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 plays well a lot of swimming which i didn't like because i don't like the swimming but it's not like obtrusive and obnoxious i love the fact that you can go inside clanker Mm -hmm. clunker clank clanker and the way that you find some of these jiggies is really creative you have to use his body in different ways to climb on him and Go throughout his insides.
1: And <laughs> in, in Clanker is Gruntilda's garbage disposal. I right?
0: think that's the lore there. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> but I, I enjoyed this level for a water level. I'm not. It's not my favorite. If I was ranking them, I think this would be towards the bottom, but not at the bottom. Mm-hmm. Same thing. Yeah. Next, we move on
1: to Bubble Gloop Swamp. First thing I noticed, I'll be honest, is the the look and vibe of it was very similar to Clanker's Cavern. I think N64 had that texturing problem where sometimes if I don't know, sometimes things just ended up looking bleh. And I think both levels did that a little bit with their textures.
0: Yeah, with the swamp, I will say the toxic water annoyed me and I didn't find the wading boots quick enough. Mm. <laughs> and Mumbo turns you into a crocodile here and I think that's neat because you can bite stuff. And I, I loved the... uh mini games i guess you would call them here the one where you have to do like simon with the turtles and then hungry hungry hippos with Mm -hmm. crocodile i really enjoyed those i think this was well designed and the way they do the secret areas is nice the way they do this whole world i really like the way it's laid out it's kind of like every section feels distinct but it's all around one big central area yeah there's the maze i really i mean it's really just a pathway that looks kind of like a maze (laughs) um i really enjoyed everything about this one though especially considering the fact that i wasn't thrilled about the waiting boots at first Mm -hmm. this one's towards the top for me yeah it was a fun one to get
1: around Mm -hmm.
0: especially when you get good at the platforming it's extra satisfying next we have freeze easy peak it's the snow level
1: i Um, never I, i gotta be honest i'm just biased against snow levels i never like them
0: My first note here says, snow physics, not overly obnoxious. I think that's bad. Don't just change it slightly, either go all or nothing. Mm -hmm. And they kind of just slightly give you a little bit of, like, slide. And it's not enough to be, like, linked to the past, where it's the ice physics are brutal. Mm -hmm. But it's just, like, why do a little bit when you can do nothing or a lot? And I'm not a fan of that. And it's not even, like, just certain textures happen. No, every texture has a little bit of slide to it unless you're in kazooie for some reason i don't think that when you're on the talon trot you get a lot of gliding. get better grip with talons yeah of course and then uh, you'd get turned into a seal here that doesn't really do much i didn't like this transformation of them all i would say i think this was one of the lesser ones Mm -hmm. this and the pumpkin we'll get to that in a little (laughs) bit uh just basically with the seal you can go in the cold water and then you get into a cave with the big seal it, it was an okay level. The flying section here drove me absolutely insane. This was the first time I was really like, okay, why is there flying in this game? It doesn't feel necessary.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And the racing minigame with the other polar bear was actually kind of challenging, and I enjoyed that.
1: Yeah.
0: Not a good Okay. Okay. Uh, next, we're moving on to Gobi's Valley, which is the desert level. I'd say this is probably my top. Yeah? Top of my list. I really enjoyed Gobi's Valley. It There's like... A lot of Egyptian imagery here, like what do you call the big headpiece thing that they put over their heads? Like a headband that's like a foot taller than their head. Shoot, I don't know. I don't know They're either. But <laughs> there's banjo <laughs> statues like wearing the Egyptian headpiece thing. Banjo is the Sphinx. There's quicksand here you can use the wading boots to navigate through. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a lot of flying, but this is like the most open area you really get to fly in and it feels kind of nice uh the sub areas are really good there's the matching mini game I enjoyed I just thought that was pretty cool and as a kid I would really enjoy that um the enemies are fun I just like that the NPCs are cool any other thoughts on
1: Goby's Valley I have thoughts on the next level that's what I've been waiting on I'll I'll let you lead on Mad Monster Mansion Dude Mad Monster Mansion is the best level I don't I care what anybody agree. says that's my favorite one I just love the vibes of it um The colors are all wonderful. It's got that spooky purple and green kind of uh, deal going on. Uh, I like... (laughs) I love being able to smash windows and just crawl on in. You know, F stuff up. I was able to deal with the ghosts all right. Uh, You just got to be quick and deliberate about what you're doing when you're in some of those rooms.
0: Yeah. Any thoughts on the pumpkin transformation? No thoughts. No thoughts. So this one... (laughs) I think this might be history. It's the first time we have really disagreed on anything on the Mm. podcast. I did not care for this level. I don't think it's particularly bad, but I do think it's on the lower half of my levels. The ghost enemies drove me absolutely insane, especially in the big church when you were trying to get on top of the giant pews. Mm -hmm. And the ghosts just keep knocking you off when you're trying to backflip.
1: I sounds didn't like, know you
0: can fly. Sounds like you just need to get better. <laughs> I probably do, but like it was driving me insane because I'm trying to backflip up these things. And then the little <laughs> drove me insane. It was making me so angry. And the pumpkin is just bad. I don't like the pumpkin. But I mean, other than that, I do I do agree. It is well designed. It looks really cool. I just wish they took out the ghost
1: and took out the pumpkin. It's
0: the only thing I really didn't like. But yeah, it's a haunted house level. Did not know if
1: you touched on that. I um I, I tend to rate my levels uh, on a metric of how much would I just want to hang out in that world. <laughs> That's my personal <laughs> system. So Mad Monster Mansion is way up there.
0: That's fair. Breaking the windows is really satisfying. I like that. Now these Cleaning last two... The
1: buildings, too. These last two, I don't really have much to say. I don't know if you do. Nope. <laughs> I It's weird. I, I feel like going through every level like this just isn't the best way to talk about banjo kazooie not to not to mm-hmm. say, I'm not trashing you I'm oh just saying, no i get what when you're you saying. go through the levels individually they're all like eh, right there's ups and downs but for some reason when you take it all together that's when you're like oh this is a really good game yeah but we'll talk about that more once we'll,
0: we get uh, past we'll kind of just burn through this last stuff then and get mm-hmm. into the final section so there's rusty bucket bay which is a shipping boat also kind of looks a lot like clanker's cove mm-hmm. I ran low on time. I didn't really get to enjoy it. And then there's Click Clock Woods, which is a big tree level. You get to turn into a bee. The flytrap enemies look really annoying. I didn't really get to deal with them much. Mm-hmm. I don't have any thoughts on these. I just... I was very short on time and rushed into the last parts. Uh, but then you get the last two levels that I do want to touch on because this is, like, the ending sequence. Yeah. You get Grunty's Furnace Fun.
1: Which I... Uh, I love this. And I love that all uh, a lot of the other banjo games do this too i didn't know that and yeah. I, now i'm excited because i enjoyed this as well yeah really? it's it's so unique um and the whole game throughout the whole game you'll have these moments of breaking the fourth wall and so it's wonderful to have this final it, it feels like the boss at first but you just have this trivia show mm-hmm. and it's fun that it goes through all the levels and like I don't know, it's just like, do you even remember what you played? (laughs) (laughs) Luckily, I was taking notes
0: throughout the whole thing, so I had a lot of stuff. But this is a trivia show, board game kind of dealio. You step on the tiles and it asks you a question or makes you do one of the challenges you've played previously in the game. It looks really well designed. I just love the idea of quiz you on the game while you're still playing the game <laughs> there are a couple of other times that this happens in like other video games i can think of but usually it's just like a mini game or something like that or like collectibles or it doesn't really make much of a difference
1: <laughs> it's like gruntelda spent so much time building this these <laughs> worlds. she's like you better have remembered what i've done for you <laughs>
0: <laughs> and the best thing is the different tiles do different things there's banjo kazooie tiles that are just trivia on the game hmm the eye tiles show you a screenshot from the game and ask you where it's taken. And it's always the weirdest little corner. too. Like, it's like a terrible angle every time, <laughs> but I still think that's really neat because the areas are distinct enough that you can kind of tell yeah. where it is. And it's usually like, maybe you'll have it narrowed down to one or two, but usually it's, it's three choices. You're Gosh, when probably it shows a picture
1: right. of... There's some pictures where it's like a gritty-looking sewer exit, and it's like, that could be three or four different levels. <laughs>
0: But then you look at the questions and it's like, is it Mumu's Mountain? Is it Gobi Valley? Or is it one of the steampunk levels? Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's like, oh, well, obviously. They don't make it too challenging. I mean, this is a kid's game. The writing for a kid's game is pretty good. I would like to talk on that here in a little bit. Uh, Then there's the music note tiles, where she plays an audio clip from either an NPC or one of the world's musics. And you have to guess either who said it or where it's from. Mm -hmm. That's really cool, because some people just play video games without sound. (laughs) Like, at that point... You're getting nipped, but I really think that's a cool way to call back here. Uh the stopwatch pa- panels make you do one of the challenges from the game, whether mm-hmm. it's like the crocodile mini game, Simon with the turtles, or the boss fight with the box from the ship level. Um the Grunty tiles ask you a question about Grunty. We're gonna touch on the NPCs here in a little bit, mm-hmm. but there's an NPC, Bruntilda, who tells you all My about <laughs> tells you all about her sister Gruntilda. Yeah. And she I don't know. I guess she's not fond well, of her We'll sister. get to her. We'll get to We'll her. get to it. But yeah, she asks you a question. You answer that. The skull tiles can be any of the other tiles. But if you fail the challenge or get the question wrong, instant death. Uh, the joker tiles are, also can be anything else. But you get two joker cards if you succeed. And you can use them to skip anything else. Uh, the honeycomb and lives tiles just give you honeycombs or lives. And failing a challenge takes a honeycomb unless it's one of the instant death ones. And if you die, you have to start over. I had save states and notes, so I didn't have any issues here. Um, but once you beat it, you get the free 2D. This is like the... This is like, and you win, right? You win. They roll the credits here. They roll the credits after this, and they tell you all the characters that have lines throughout the game. Yeah. Can
1: I tell you my experience with, with the ending here? Go for it. I, I have be- it's been a long time, but I've beaten the game before, so I, I went through the emotions of, of this ending part. Um, <laughs> especially when you're younger, it feels... When you beat the board game and you get Tootie back, it feels so final. They run the credits, and then they have this fun little after credit scene where all the—you and your friends uh, with Mumbo, right? No, that's after the boss. This is where you walk up to well, no, no, Tootie. Th- no, this is. So, so you get Tootie, you get her back, and then they run some credits, and then you have a nice little barbecue outside with bottles and co., um, and then Tootie walks out and goes, you know, you didn't even beat Gruntilda. She ran away. Really? I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. So let me go through the ending then. I, I know the ending. I didn't see that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so you think the game is done you're like i did it and then she says no gruntilda's still alive and panjo and kazooie they just book it they immediately run and they're away. wearing their cool sunglasses
0: too i'm guessing they do like a, a kind of looney tunes thing where the glasses fall off or do they keep the glasses on because that'd Can't be remember. hilarious
1: i just know they really semantics uh, you get you finally get into gruntilda's lair like where all the vats and the the, the top of the are. fortress top of the tower mm-hmm and you have your boss battle with her. Now, did you watch the boss fight? I have fight?
0: notes on the final boss fight. Okay. Before we do that, with the credits there, mm-hmm. after you rescue Tootie, it's the characters are telling you who worked on the game. Yeah. And they just have, like, weird titles, like Penny Pinchers or whatever. Yeah. Or, like, the accounts people, I guess. And it's it was pretty well Ray, I got a chuckle out of it.
1: It just shows you how good Rareware's company culture was, especially at the time, like um even on the xbox version they mm -hmm. put in the same stuff and it's like xbox penny pinchers (laughs) it's like mm -hmm. phil spencer
0: (laughs) that's really enjoyable but after you go back to face off against gruntilda you head to Mm -hmm. the top of the tower and you do a what looks like a
1: damn good boss fight it's a really good boss fight i'll
0: let you elaborate more because i didn't better
1: than than bowser's fight uh there's just more dude how do i best describe it there's just more you have to do in the boss fight. There are distinct phases. There's interesting phases. They they mix it up. You're not just throwing her or just hitting her. Um what what sticks out to me the most when I recall the fight is right at the end, um, where you get to use all the jun, jinjos. Jinjo. Jinjos. Jinjos. <laughs> you get to use all the jinjos that you saved and that's really satisfying too. Mm-hmm. That that's a really good payoff. Um there's a few different shoot, now I'm trying to remember. There's a couple moments where there's just payoffs like that right at the end, right? So, I'll kind of run you through the whole final boss cuz I just took I
0: watched somebody else play it on YouTube. Uh-huh. Shout out to whoever recorded that and put it on YouTube. Um but it looks like to start out Gruntilda on her broom is flying back and forth across the stage trying to hit you. Avoid that. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. And then she flies off the edge of the stage and you get to shoot her with your eggs. Then she starts to shoot fireballs at you. Yep. And you have to avoid the fireballs, then shoot her with your eggs. After that, there's a flying section, which seems miserable because I hate the flying. But you have to Mm -hmm. basically beak beak blast, beak bomb, whatever it is, into her while she's still shooting fireballs at you. Yeah. Looks really cool. For a final boss fight, that seems epic, but I hate the mechanic of flying in this game, so I don't know that I would enjoy
1: it. And then after that, the jingo statues spawn. And those you have to shoot eggs into the base of the statue to mm-hmm. awaken them. And then once you send out all oh, um, five jingos or whatever, you get they they do like a Power Rangers thing in combine <laughs> into one giant ginjo. Do you remember what it's called? The
0: Jinjo Gingator? The Jinjo Nator. The ginjinator. <laughs> and it has four sides on its base that you have to fill with eggs. Mm-hmm. And then it's a big, like. Sky blue Jinjo breaks from the statue and Gruntilda's like you haven't beaten me yet and then she's like oh shit <laughs> yeah. and then the, yeah. the giant Jinjonator or whatever it is Jinjonator charges into Gruntilda repeatedly and eventually knocks her off the top
1: of the tower to win the game yep she falls off lands a big rock falls on her she tries <laughs> to get saved about it. then
0: you go back on the beach with your bikini lady and Kazooie 2D bottles all that and all the enemies are listed. I thought that was kind of silly because they gave them all names that I didn't know they had. It's just like the ghosts are called Teehees. which is just yeah. makes me hate them even more.
1: <laughs> oh, can I can I explain the very end? Yes, go ahead. Okay, so you go through all the enemies, you get their names, and then it cuts back to the beach scene and Bumbo comes out it falls and, out of the coconut tree. Yeah, it falls out of the coconut tree. It's just there the whole time. And <laughs> I'm I'm guessing if you miss anything, he that's when he shows you stuff he missed, right? Yeah, um, but if you if you complete everything, you will also get these little things that he shows you that you couldn't find before, but now you can. These mystery eggs and an ice key, hmm. it's super mysterious. I remember when I was little, um, I was my memory goes back to right before the internet was really big. And so, when you went on the internet to look up stuff about video games, you would get those. You'd get game facts work, where they do the yeah. arts with the ASCII. It's just the ASCII art, or it'd be like forums where people are just sketch, yeah. speculating, and it's like eight months apart of the response. Yeah, <laughs> and it's really good. It was a lot of fun having that bit of mystery at the end of Banjo Kazooie. It very confident of them. They end the game with being like, "Yeah, there's going to be Banjo Tui." <laughs> <laughs> um, but so. There was an interesting system that they had set up with these secret items that ended up Mm -hmm. not working out. I didn't know this. Um, The system was called Stop and Swap. And
0: I saw some stuff about this. I didn't get to read into it. So if you're teaching me as well as any listeners who also haven't played the game.
1: Yeah. So what this old system was where there is these... If you beat the game, then you have a chance to get these special secret items. And once you get these items, if you have Banjo-Tooie, you can pull out... The banjo one cartridge stick the banjo two cartridge in and you will shoot i forgot what you're supposed to get you're supposed to get something out of that that's it, really it'll... cool yeah because it the nintendo 64 itself would save some of the memory from banjo one and then when banjo two boots up it'll be like oh you have these items that's actually really cool i didn't know they did that mm-hmm. like to actually do stuff in game yeah
0: because in some speedruns on the n64 notably most most notably paper mario There's a trick you can do that's also dubbed by the community called the Stop and Swap, Mm -hmm. where you get to a certain point in Paper Mario, you pull out Paper Mario, put in Ocarina of Time, speedrun Ocarina of Time using arbitrary code execution to beat the game in a matter of a handful of minutes. Mm -hmm. Then you pull that out and put Paper Mario back in, and you beat the game instantly, like credit score. (laughs) And they call it the Paper Mario Stop and Swap, and they beat Paper Mario in like 40 minutes doing it, and it includes the time you spend playing Ocarina of Time. (laughs) So the fact (laughs) that that name was originated in Banjo Kazooie, I believe, is. I I love that.
1: Has Summoning Salt done a video on Paper Mario? I don't think so, not yet. (laughs) That would be great. There are some good videos
0: on the uh, Paper Mario Stop and Swap. If you're interested, you can check it out out after this. Um,
1: But so that was the original idea. But then, before the second banjo we could come out, they actually updated Nintendo 64's hardware. And so the before DD? Hmm? the DD? well no, this was this was the base N64. Mm. It was where if you took out the cartridge, you had ten you had about ten seconds to put the new one in, boot it up, and preserve some of that um, temporary memory. Mm-hmm. But with this improvement, that went down to one second. And so you physically didn't have time to swap the cartridges and boot it up because it took them fourth and a second to boot up. Mm-hmm. Uh so they had to scrap it. <laughs> Which sucks for any kid who played the game and had this On a newer super model cool N64. <laughs> yeah, with an ending that tells you, "Hey, here are some secrets," and it turns out they just don't do anything. If you have a if you have one of the OG N64s though, it
0: might work. Check your serial Ooh, number. Wow, yeah. <laughs> if you have a really old N64 that'd be cool. Is it still in the
1: game or do they take it out, do you know? I think it's mm, I don't know if this. I don't know if Banjo Tooie reacts to it at all, because mm-hmm. I'm not sure if the game released before or after it broke. We'll have to see. Mm-hmm. That's something you can tell us in the comments if you know.
0: We are running a little bit long, but I think that's okay because there's still a few things I want to touch on, notably the writing, the NPCs, and the music, mm-hmm. all of which I think is done phenomenally. Phenomenally. Oh, it's so good. The writing. This is supposed to be a kids' game. And I've heard Conqueror's Bad Fur Day has some raunchy writing it's not it's from, a kids the same, game. from the same team. That mm-hmm. is not a kid's game. This one can still get some passes at it, but like they mentioned going into the NPCs, Brentilda, Grunty's sister, who you can find throughout the castle, who tells you like embarrassing secrets of Grunty's, tells you like her special talent she does at the talent show is a an old witch strip tease. I'm like, <laughs> this is a kid's game and you're talking about an old witch doing a strip tease?
1: I love it. <laughs> uh- you know um i can't tell people to raise their kid but i'm the kind of person where uh it's like whatever you know i mean that's not like a big deal like i'm not like oh my god why is it this rated m like i think
0: it's so funny i just thought it was like it's like those spongebob innuendo jokes yeah it's it's not innuendo it's just right in your face at the (laughs) end of the game
1: too uh, i think it's Banjo who says that he needs a drink
0: (laughs) (laughs) i love that and i mean just a lot of the other writing like the exchanges between kazooie and bottles they have it's like a friendly stick it's it, yeah they hate each other and it's funny because she calls kazooie calls bottles like goggles or like mole brain no bird brain is the other way around bird brain
1: is what goggles yeah
0: and there's there's a lot of quick quips that mm-hmm. are pretty well written and i was surprised i think the writing still holds up really well it seems a little cheesy at times but it's nothing like oh my god why is this so cheesy so I it's wonder... like ah, it's pretty good
1: I wonder if games were just more sarcastic back then, or like less afraid to hurt the feelings (laughs) of its player. Because Animal Crossing was that way too on the thing Four, yeah, on GameCube. They're just they can be straight up rude to you.
0: Or like on the 3DS version, I never actually played it, but I've heard people talk about it. The way Rossetti works (laughs) if you close your 3DS and open it back up.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, and like yells at you. Well, it was reset. It was nerfed on the 3DS because I've played all the Animal Crossings, um, old school GameCube Animal Crossing. He made me cry as a kid, because <laughs> you would sometimes like the power would go out or something, and you just have to turn your GameCube back on. And with the 3DS, you had an out. He would ask you, "Did you turn the game off or did you run out of battery?" And if you say out of battery, he just okay, whatever. But on the GameCube. No question, he would just start yelling at wall. <laughs> uh, anyways, that's that's not even banjo. That's a Rossetti tangent. But yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> and that's another thing—they broke the fourth wall very often, and it never mm-hmm. felt like tasteless.
1: Would you agree? Oh, I would agree totally. The whole game, the whole writing is saturated in in fourth wall breaking. Uh, sometimes satire. There's a mm-hmm. lot of moments. Billy Hatcher was a little bit like that too where it wasn't as blatant by any means no but, but very aware that it's a video game and they're just going to totally play with the scenarios not making itself too serious yeah it'll get ridiculous and it's funny
0: and i mean the writing goes in ha- hand in hand with the npcs who are all well-written characters Ugh, love them all especially brentilda who tells you like oh she has slug jelly so, on her toes
1: <laughs> <Brentilda> <laughs> is so funny to me you first meet her and she's like i'm the good witch and then she immediately she only gossips with you she talking yeah shit about she her shit
0: talks her sister and it's, it's
1: all it's just like the
0: stuff they come up with it's like that's just like gross <laughs> like she eats slug toast and oh, i can't even well, think of more was, examples there's so many I, that's just 90s gross out humor yeah i mean it works it's never like i'm gonna go throw up now but mm-hmm. yeah I, like, I love it it's all well written i mean captain blubber is a pirate and he mm-hmm. acts like a pirate, and some of the enemies that speak are well-written as well, like Nipper.
1: Mumbo has just always been my favorite. Mumbo
0: is—I love Mumbo's audio. I wish I could do it justice, but with my throat hurting, I'm not even going to try.
1: He shows up in later games, too. Oh, I want to talk about that, too. Um, Rareware, just—they make great games overall. Um, one of my favorite games growing up, one I sunk a ton of time into, was Viva Pinata. Mm, i've and, heard a lot about that yeah and i played it before banjo kazooie so it was really cool as a kid to play banjo kazooie for the first time and then find all find out all these references in later rareware games um were, were from that game i keep saying rareware i feel like i can just say rare <laughs> yeah but
0: rareware is fun to say rareware Rareware, rareware. Bleh, 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 bleh. Mm-hmm. can't do it <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna comment that now rareware, bleh, 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 bleh. rareware. Rareware. Yeah, if you're still watching and you haven't commented already or don't have anything clever to say, just comment Rareware. Now I'll comment it and you can like that comment. Uh, I probably will. Last thing I want to touch on before we get out of here is the music.
1: Oh, it's so good. It is very good. It's Grant Kirkhope, one of of the best video game composers of all time. He makes music.
0: He makes music.
1: He does. Oh, it's so good. You gotta find some videos of him. Uh, there's videos where he will just make music on the fly. He'll have a kazoo, a kazoo, some other instruments, and he'll play them <laughs> all at the same time. The guy is just pure talent. Um, all of his games are just good music. Banjo-Kazooie including, including it, included in that. One thing interesting about him is, off the top of my head, I don't know if there's many Grant Kirkhope melodies that I could just belt out. Um, maybe some some of the older guys might be able to who really grew up with the N sixty four, but for me, his music is more of a vibe. Like I can hear his music and instantly recognize that is Grant Kirkhope.
0: That's cool. I'm not gonna speak like I know anything about this because I don't. I just know that I love the music in this game, especially like the final boss themes, very like epic. And there are a couple standout so tunes good. that I just really enjoyed. The music is so good.
1: It's so... It's whimsical to the max.
0: Oh, yeah. And it just... It, it's never like... Like, sometimes you'll have a game where it's like, yeah, the music's good, but when you're in the same sandbox for 45 minutes to an hour, it gets annoying after a little while. I never mm-hmm. had this music fatigue at all. Everything I just enjoyed thoroughly. I loved it. Yeah. fun stuff.
1: I have I have one more interesting thing to Go say about it. the game. Um, I had these weird, surreal moments where I'd play and I'd be maybe somewhere high up and I'd look around... And suddenly, the whole stage would feel very liminal. Mm -hmm. Um, A lot of the stages, they're when you kind of look out beyond the horizon right away you just see that you're actually in this big box mm-hmm. with stuff yeah. in it it's the same vibe <laughs> as those indoor playgrounds that have the fake plastic trees and logs for you to run around do you remember those the mcdonald's play place yes yeah, i, I like that.
0: thoroughly remember the i remember a friend having a birthday party at a burger king and they were doing pokemon cards for gen <laughs> 4 i was like seven good time oh yeah
1: um <laughs> But that's kind of the vibe the levels would give me sometimes. In it, do you, do you know what liminal is? You've heard mm, that word already. Right? I've heard the word. I couldn't tell you what it means. It's like... There's a few different definitions. I think there's a right one, and then there's one that people tend to take. the, the My <laughs> take on it is that it's those very... It, it's not even creepy. Just this weird, specific feeling of those in-between places that aren't... Oh, I mean, it's kind of thing? Yeah. Like... Between shops in a mall, especially if no one is there, that really mm-hmm. amps it up. When a okay. place is empty that should have people, that's super liminal.
0: I will say, though, like you're saying, these high-up areas, I didn't notice that at mm-hmm. all. I mean, I'm sure it's there. I believe you. I'm not trying to say that you're wrong. I just enjoyed looking out over the stages and really getting a grasp of it. Going to the first person yeah. camera and just being like, kind of getting an idea of where I've been. and it's, it's really neat. It's my biggest gripe with the level design of Billy Hatcher. I loved it here. Yeah, you get to actually see the level. Alright, anything else you're just dying to get off your chest here? No, I no. love this game. This is this this game, good. And to answer the question I'm going to pose, this game is very much timeless, but it is bogged down by a little bit of N64 clunk, mm-hmm. and if you have the patience to get past N64 clunk, you've probably already played it. If you haven't, though, you should. It's yeah. a great experience. And even if you have played it, why not go back and do it again? It's fun.
1: <laughs> Here's <laughs> my suggestions. I-, I know I trashed the Xbox version earlier. I just hate what Microsoft did with Rare, um, but if you have an Xbox, it's more accessible. Um, I Please find that on
0: live arcade and all that other stuff. Mm-hmm. Or Game it's Pass
1: easier to play too, because it's got the Xbox controllers and the cameras are a bit fixed up. But if you're really interested in playing a collectathon, I really suggest ukulele. It's just modern banjo kazooie made by the same team grant Kirkhope does the music again it feels authentic and it plays really nice
0: all right well that'll wrap up this episode of the analog sticks podcast thank you all very much for listening if you haven't already and you weren't listening when i told you the first two times like subscribe rate review follow whatever it may be whatever platform you're on either way we appreciate you and we will see you next week on the analog sticks podcast
1: bye-bye see ya